Hey guys, and welcome into the 14th episode of the Deep Dive Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Winship, here with my co-host, Toby Collis. Trades. This week, we reached out into the community. Most of these are going to come from Reddit, and we asked a simple question. What are some trades that have recently gone down in your league? Not all of these are from the actual people that responded to us, but all of them, they are actual trades that happened in actual Dynasty Leagues, and we are going to break each of them down and take a side. We have gathered 40 trades, all from our post on Reddit this week, and we are going to break each of them down. Let's start it off, Toby, right here with trade number one. It is Jarvis Landry for DJ Dallas, Jared Cook, and a 2021 late second. Jarvis Landry. Interesting. I remember on the Reddit post, I actually saw that the comment right below was, that was a steal for Jarvis Landry. And I disagreed because I agree with you. To me, you got to take the stud. You got to go with Jarvis Landry. Mm -hmm. Jared Cook is like 33 now. He's, he's just too old to be returning value for this trade. Yeah, DJ Dallas was like, what, a fourth round rookie pick. So you're getting a couple of a win now piece and a total shot in the dark on top of this late second round pick, which has some value, but it's not something I'm super excited for. To mm -hmm. me, let's give me the perennial wide receiver two low-end wide receiver one, year in and year out. It's easy for me. Give me Jarvis Landry. And to me, the person on the right offering DJ Dallas, Jared Cook, and the 2021 late second kind of feels like me when I'm desperately trying to push my chips in to get a trade through. Like, oh, tossing DJ Dallas, what about a late second? That's, <laughs> yeah. Even though there are more pieces, the quantity is not going to match the quality of Jarvis Landry. Yeah, easy win. Take Jarvis Landry. Trade number two, we've got Jordan Howard for Justin Jefferson and a 2021 third. This one, before you get into it, to me is an absolute smash. Give me Justin Jefferson, even if the third was thrown to the other side, it's not even that close. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from me who I actually quite like Jordan Howard, I feel like compared to consensus, but give me Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is only behind Thielen, who's still awesome, but Justin Jefferson is the future for the Vikings wide receiving core. They shipped off Diggs because they are so confident with getting Justin Jefferson. I know the trade happened before they drafted him, but that's what they were talking about in their head office. And yeah, I mean, I like Jordan Howard. He's, for me, still a dynasty buy, but Justin Jefferson's totally the way to go. This is just a bit of a side note, but Justin Jefferson is the one player of all the of this year's rookie class that I am so sad that I have not gotten him in any of my drafts. He's someone mm -hmm. that I'm super high on, and the chips just haven't fallen my way, which honestly makes me think he's going to be a trade target for me in one of my leagues quite soon because I need a share of someone who I think is going to explode mm -hmm. into the league. Next trade up is a third one. This is for a super flex league. Lamar Jackson and Josh Kelly for Alvin Kamara, Philip Rivers, and Jalen Hurts. Colin, what's your gut tell you? My gut tells me that you need to just take the absolute stud, but the question is, honestly, how much more of a stud is Lamar Jackson than Alvin Kamara? Because if you're thinking in a super flex startup, these are both first round guys, they're both studs. I still do lean that way though. I feel like I really want the explosive difference making that Lamar Jackson will give your lineup, even though Honestly, I think it's a pretty fair trade. I don't think this is a blowout mm -hmm. like the last one was. It's pretty close. I like Philip Rivers as a one-year, maybe two-year option, and Jalen Hurts as a guy who has upside. But for me, overall, I'm going to lean towards Lamar Jackson, but somewhat unconfidently. I think for me, I'm a big believer in Jalen Hurts' talent, but him being roped into this trade... He's just not going to have value right away. And by the time the other team needs another Jalen Hurts, they could just draft someone like that. If you really need a quarterback, I'd stick with Al Jacks here. He's just, he's been popping off. I remember seeing just from the context of this, uh, this trade on Reddit as well, he said that he's already the Mahomes owner. And what mm. really made him push the button on this trade is just the excitement of starting Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it'd be pretty fun. <laughs> okay. Next up, we've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Michael Pittman, so two great rookies for Joe Mixon, Cam Akers, and Joe Burrow. Oh, 
Man, I've got my answer if you don't have yeah, yours. Yeah, I know. I'm taking Mix and Acres and Burrow. Me too. If I'm going to look again, let's look at startup value. It's a good way to, you know, compare one to another. Mixon and Edward Delaire are going in a similar range. I can basically cross them off from each other. I genuinely, sure. if I'm in a startup, I don't know which one I'm taking first. It's quite close between the two for me. So then, if I boil it down to Cam Akers and Joe Burrow for Michael Pittman, then it's easier. It's a free Cam Akers because this is a single quarterback league. So obviously Joe Burrow doesn't have incredible value. But even in those leagues, Joe Burrow's probably going two, three picks after Michael Pittman. So then it's a free Cam Akers. That's Cam Akers. Like, yeah. I, I think, would take it. I think 100%. for me, CEH is just, he edges out Mixon, but not by that much. And then what we're talking about, the other guys just outweigh it. This one, trade number five on our oh, list. baby, it is a... <laughs> Toby's already uh, unconfident in his answer. I've got DeAndre Hopkins for Amari Cooper and a 2023 first-round pick. My hesitancy comes from that 2023, because it is, obviously, a couple years down the road. So this trade, I believe, is saying both sides are conceding that Hopkins is going to be a little bit better for the time being but the first will make up for it yeah Hopkins has more dynasty value straight up right now but if I am making this trade even though it's in 2023 I will take a first if anything that's another piece I could trade again if I don't want to wait that long Amari Cooper to DeAndre Hopkins to me is a somewhat significant jump because I'm not a huge Amari Cooper fan but a potential future first that I can move in another trade or wait out and have a lot of value in a few years more than makes up for the gap between them, in my mind. I'm an absolute Hopkins lover, but I would do Cooper in the 2023 first. I love the idea that even a couple of years down the road, you have some things stacking up for you. And, I mean, Hopkins' new team, I believe in him, but I think, Cooper, you just have that stability that the 2023 excitement can kind of equivocate for. Trade number six is Dwayne Haskins and Lynn Bowden for Sam Darnold and Damian Harris. Sam Darnold and Damian Harris. No question for me. I just, I like to compare piece by piece. I'm taking Sam Darnold over Dwayne Haskins, and I'm taking Damian Harris over Lynn Bowden. Even though Lynn Bowden is <laughs> the most exciting guy in the NFL for me right now. It's so funny because this is what, maybe the fifth time that we've talked about Lynn Bowden, and every time we're like, yeah, his value is really low, but we love him. <laughs> his value is just really low. That's Because that's the, the honest truth. I love the player, but I would take Damian Harris over him, and I don't even like Damian Harris. So, yeah, it's easy to me, Sam Darnold and Damian Harris. A.J. Brown and a 2021 late first for Julio Jones and a 2021 mid-third. For context, before we get into it, I know the user was the one who acquired Julio Jones, and he said that he is pushing for a win now championship this year he's all in on winning in the 2020 season so if we're going to look at it from his perspective are you willing to give up your late first because obviously he's projecting it to be late because he's going for this championship he's obviously got a stud roster and aj brown for julio and a mid third is that worth it no i wouldn't do it <laughs> i don't i'm I don't taking think I i'm either. taking aj brown and the 2021 first rounder it's hard for me, even in a scenario in which I'm like, I need to win this championship. I get this type of trade. If you are undefeated, you're hitting your trade deadline, and you're like, do you know what? This path is laid out in front of me. I got a smash on Julio. Maybe A.J. Brown isn't producing as much in the year, or he's hurt or something, where of course he's got value down the line. But if A.J. Brown wasn't helping you win this year, then I could see it at the trade deadline but not before the season that might not even happen in a yeah. year that you're going all in on. It's too big of a risk with too much capital in a first and a stud like AJ for me to give up for the aging Julio Jones. And I also don't think if you're in win-now mode that AJ Brown is a bad guy to have. There's a very likely scenario that AJ Brown is still going to be making the impact that your team needs. If you're truly in like a fantastic win-now mode when you feel you've got a great team around you, it's not going to be that significant a step down. 
I'm not sure if trade number eight is in a super flex or not, so let's look at it through both lenses. It's Cam Newton for a 2021 first. Oh, baby. If it is a non-super flex, take the first with absolute yeah. ease. That's why I wanted to qualify that. What if it's a super flex, Toby? Would you prefer Cam Newton or a first round pick? I'd take a first round pick. I would too. I, I think either yeah. way. I believe if any of you are still listening to some great podcasts, you want to go to The Ringer and check out the Cam Chronicles. I've learned a lot about Cam Newton. I think he's going to be a fantastic offensive piece for Belichick in terms of winning games. I do not think he's going to be the fantasy phenom that he once was for that short snippet in his lifespan as a quarterback. Cam Newton is going to be a new form of quarterback in this New England system, and I don't think he'll return the value that you're going to get for a first-round pick. Fair enough. On to trade number nine. It's a little bit bigger. We've oh, got Tyree Kill and James Conner for Cam Akers, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and a 2021 third. Looks like a rebuild situation. You know what? I am going to take Akers, Lamb, Ruggs, and a third here. Good, because I think it's about time we disagree. Good, here we go. So, my thought is Tyreek Hill, obviously phenomenal athlete. This guy's going to be a fantastic wide receiver. I bet you that one of Lamb or Ruggs gets up not to that same echelon this year or even next year, but I bet you that you have Lamb or Ruggs producing what Tyreek Hill has produced in seasons when he wasn't the wide receiver one consistently for years to come. Matching up Connor and Akers, love James Connor. He's going to be way better for Akers for at least one or two years. But Akers still has that ability to break out in his rookie year and is going to be going longer than James Connor. Basically, even though I respect Hill and Connor in their game, I think Akers is going to be still usable in his first year and will then become better than Connor in terms of his longevity. And I think Lamb and Ruggs. Either one of them, or a combination of them, could get up to Tyreek Hill's levels of, not speed, not catching bombs from Mahomes, but up to the levels of consistency and point production. Plus, you get a nice little third that thrown in at the end. It's interesting to me that you compare James Conner to Cam Akers, because, I mean, I guess you did call Cam Akers your overrated player, but I'm going to argue more for your side. Cam Akers is way more valuable than James Conner. I would easily not compare those two. I would take yeah, Cam Akers. I'm just saying that if it's like a, you know, they're saying right now, who do you want to play for next year? You'd want James Conner. Sure, but this is Dynasty. I don't care about next year Fair. exclusively. If I'm going to try to do my matching, I think James Conner is much more Henry Ruggs. He's like that, yeah, that okay. early second round pick for me, most likely. And then I can boil this down to picks. Do I want two mid-first rounders and a third, or Tyreek? And I think, most likely, you can get slightly more for Tyreek. I do think it's a pretty fair deal, but if I'm going to twist someone's arm to try to get as much value as I can, again, maybe the route to go is to wait until a trade deadline when someone thinks that grabbing Tyreek and James Conner, who's producing for this year, is going to put them over the top, and I think you can get a little bit more. So if I am just looking straight up at the value, give me the most valuable piece in the trade. And if I really am trying to go for the rebuild, I think I could get just a little bit more out of this trade. All right. Next up, this is a tight end premium league. Darren Waller and T. Higgins for Miles Sanders. I find this one a little bit difficult to evaluate because I'd like to know the tight end situation of both sides. But even then, it I'm taking Miles Sanders. It, uh, it's not even close. You're taking Miles Sanders? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not yeah. even close. I will say, uh, so I went through all of the comments on Reddit, and I did take out some of the trades. There was a couple of them that were honestly just, like, so one-sided. I don't know if someone's just looking for a pat on the back or whatever, but there's not a lot of discussion to be there. I don't think there's a lot of discussion to be had here either. Yeah. I like T. Higgins. I'm whatever on Darren Waller in a tight end premium. He has some extra value. But Miles Sanders has turned into like a mid-first round startup pick. It's not even close. It's Miles Sanders. Mm -hmm. We have another Lamar Jackson trade with this next one. It's a bit of a big one. We've got Lamar Jackson 
Brashard Perryman and a 2021 early first for Matt Ryan, Melvin Gordon, and a 2021 late first. I'm taking the Aljack side. Straight yeah. up. This is, of course, a single quarterback league, so it's not like Lamar Jackson has as much value as he did in the other trade we were talking about him. But the fact that you're also getting the early pick rather than mm. the late pick, moving on from Melvin Gordon, in my mind, is worth really upgrading your quarterback situation, getting a future star potentially. You know, these early first-round picks have such capital that, yeah, to me, replace Melvin Gordon with that early first. Maybe maybe that late first could turn into someone like Brashad Perryman. Those type of picks have a much lower hit rate. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards mm-hmm. the Lamar Jackson side. I really liked reading this one on Reddit because of its absolute simplicity. Christian McCaffrey for Saquon Barkley in a 2021 second. Toby, what side do you like? I'm sticking on the CMC side. As much as I love Barkley, I'm thinking about who some second round picks were this year and what additional value they could bring me up. I know there's the little scare about the new head coach, but I still believe CMC just has more value for me. It's really tough, and I think I probably lean the same way, but I'm curious because I know you. Let's magically change it to a 2020 second. What would you do if it was Christian McCaffrey for Saquon and Denzel Mims? <laughs> it makes it slightly more exciting. I really believe in Saquon Barkley. I, not that he needs a bounce back season, but I think he's going to bounce back in a large way next year. Mm-hmm. To the point that I think there's a totally likely scenario that he beats CMC in terms that's, of points. That's the question. Like, is I, 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 I really think it's very that. yeah. I think it's very possible that just straight up Saquon ends up being the more valuable asset. And so that the second round pick is free. But it's really about what percentage chance do you think that is of happening? I'm more confident in the offense that CMC is in. I do lean that way. I do too. I stick with CMC. If it's Denzel Mims, do you also stick with CMC? Yeah, I do. Fair enough. Next up, we've got Terry McLaurin and Marquise Hollywood Brown for... The pick 103. So, in my mind, slot in J.K. Dobbins. Are you taking Terry and Hollywood or Dobbins? I'm taking Scary Terry and Hollywood Brown. Me as well. I think Terry McLaurin is exactly what you could hope for out of a first-round pick, and Hollywood Brown has proved himself super effective as well. I really like that third-round pick, it might change for me if, by chance, someone was, for example, super hot on C.D. Lamb and you got the running back being either Jonathan Taylor or Clyde Oudetillaire to fall to you, then I mm-hmm. might lean the other way. But beyond those top two, I do think I agree. I'm going to go with the wide receivers. Yeah. This next one, we've got a big trade for Christian McCaffrey. Toby, is this enough? Or CMC. Preston Williams, two 2021 firsts, a 2022 first, and a 2023 first. So four first rounders and Preston Williams. Is that enough to get CMC? First off, it seems odd to just include Preston Williams in this trade <laughs> in the first place. But sure, you know, he's a pleasant piece that could be usable in years to come. What way do you lean? Four first, yeah. <laughs> four first and Preston Williams or CMC. To me, it's really tough, but I am actually going to lean towards the four firsts. It's tough to move these type of running backs, but four first rounders is the type of deal where it is difficult for me to turn down. I'm going to just take that influx of youth over the next bunch of years. Sure. Here's why I'm struggling so much. It's for two reasons. One... Everyone picks busts. We're fantasy, we're not pro scouts. You might have two first-round picks, you might screw it on both. Three first-round picks, it's unlikely that you mess up all three of your first-round picks. And with four, I feel like it's extremely improbable that you don't get one absolute stud out of that. And secondly, if CMC goes down for a year or something, you're so hooped because you will have bet four first-round picks. That's essentially you being 
relevant at your draft for four years in terms of the first round. So he, I think he, I'd he's stick also, to the first. He's also just a running back. Running backs yeah. have that short shelf life. Mm-hmm. By the time the 2023 first round comes around, that pick alone might be worth CMC. Of course, you have to include the fact that between then and now, you're probably having the running back one overall. Mm-hmm. But I just can't turn down the four firsts myself. Which leads me in to the next grade, which this is just coincidence. These are ordered by who who was the very first comment on the post to the last comment. And it is again for straight up Christian McCaffrey in an eight team league, which I thought was an interesting detail because obviously studs matter. Mm-hmm. Would you take Austin Eckler? The 2020-105, so probably the last running back of your group, Swift, Akers, sure. one of those, a 2021 first, and a 2021 second. So you've got two firsts, a second, and Eckler for Christian McCaffrey. Would you take that? I'd do it. I would do it. This one's actually tougher for me, and I think it's specifically because of the eight-team league, and I know how absolutely stacked rosters are in an eight-team league. Like, it's pretty nuts how good every roster looks, and so it makes me lean a little bit more towards Christian McCaffrey because every stud that you can put in, and I'm not saying Austin Eckler or Cam Akers and the 2021, they could all be studs too, but the difference-making that Christian McCaffrey makes within the lineup, specifically in those type of leagues, is what me what makes me lean the other way and that's why i particularly liked that these trades happened to fall right on top of each other because i knew that for first i just had to do it mm-hmm. but in a somewhat similar trade in that eight team league it's enough to push me the other way and make me push the button on christian mccaffrey okay yeah i'll i'll stick to my side i'm happy to disagree with you there because yeah. i think austin eckler is gonna have a magical year this year if we have a season and just those two first and a second. I'll still like it. Yeah. Next trade, we're looking at J.K. Dobbins, Josh Allen, and Hunter Renfro for Lamar Jackson and a 2021 second. Apparently Lamar Jackson's getting moved around a lot. He really is. This is in another single quarterback league, and I actually find myself leaning away from Lamar Jackson. I know we just talked about Josh Allen in our last episode being a bit overrated, but I don't think in the immediate future the jump down from Lamar to Josh Allen will be that hurtful to your team in a single quarterback league. And the importance of stud running backs in such leagues are so extreme that I really find myself wanting J.K. Dobbins within this trade. I think it's really hard for me. I would say I value Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen by a lot. Well, yes, of I course. Don't, I don't believe in Hunter Renfro at all. I don't even want him on my team. I think he's a roster <laughs> clogger. I genuinely do. Um, oh, okay. I would say he's like Cole Beasley, which is like, yeah, he doesn't have crazy upside, but you could still start Cole Beasley a lot last year if you need to. Most of these... I assume that all of these leagues are PPR because most dynasty leagues are. Sure. He's usable. He's not the guy that I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta sneak Hunter Renfro into all my trades to like add him to my bench. Like, no, whatever. Okay. He's just a toss-in. But I can't say that he's a complete roster clogger. He's I mean, just not someone I'm in love okay. with. I'm definitely not in love with him. We'll stick with that. No, uh, I saw at yeah. least one comment that was like, how is Hunter Renfro not even in your top 72 wide receivers? And I was like, eh, he, he just got edged out by a little. He's probably in yeah, my top 80, but sure. whatever. Yeah, I would just say it's especially close, but I'm still leaning the Dobbins because you want that Dobbins. You'd never get Dobbins with a second-round pick in rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. Here is another trade in which I want to look at it both through a non-superflex and a superflex lens. It is Deshaun Watson for Baker Mayfield and a 2021 first. In a single quarterback league, to me, give me the first, easily. It's not really that close. Quarterbacks don't matter that much, and a first is just more valuable. Mm -hmm. But in the Superflex league, which way do you lean? I'd still take Mayfield in the first. 
I think I would still stick with it. I think Watson, well, he's definitely the better quarterback in real life. He's definitely the better quarterback in terms of fantasy. Mayfield is still valuable enough that you can do your work and research to get yourself a great 2021 first that's going to bump you up in terms of points to reach those Watson levels. I agree. I think I'm just taking the first. The value between the two quarterbacks is less than the value I see in that first. Mm -hmm. This one, again, he didn't specify that it was super flex, but I'm going to assume it's super flex because otherwise it's so obvious. Sam Darnold for Kenyon Drake in a 2021 third. Obviously, if it's single quarterback league, take the running back, no question. What about if it's super flex? Do you want the young quarterback or the short-term high upside asset and a third round pick? I'm going for Kenyon Drake here. It may be a short-sighted pick, but I'm willing to bet that even though the 2021 third, you're probably not going to be drafting a starting quarterback for some time. The upside of Drake excites me so much that I'm happy to pass on the what should be a consistent Darnold. This one might be a bit team-dependent for me. Yeah, I don't mind it if you are trying to rebuild to move on from Drake. I don't really know why you'd need to throw in the third. But to go from Drake to like a young quarterback like Sam Darnold, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's the opposite. The opposite is true as well that... If I'm going for a championship, maybe I've got some quarterback depth. I'm totally willing to trade Sam Darnold for Kenyon Drake, but if I'm forced to pick a side with a neutral scenario, I agree. I think I'm going to lean Kenyon Drake. This next one, keep your ears open because it's a little bit long. This is a super flex league. Kyler Murray, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Chris Thompson, and the 2020-206 for Jared Goff, Gardner Minshew, Chris Carson, Justin Jackson, 2020-211, and 2020-311. Okay, so we definitely have to break this down. Mm -hmm. Let's say we're the first guy, we're giving up Kyler Murray and going to Jared Goff. So in that specific instance, we're moving downwards in value at the quarterback. We are also gaining Gardner Minshew at the quarterback position, though. We're gaining Chris Carson and Justin Jackson, and only losing Chris Thompson at the running back position. We're losing Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who I do think is a pretty high-valued asset. And then we are moving down five spots within the second round, but we're also gaining a late third-rounder. This one feels pretty close to me, honestly, but I find myself leaning towards the Kyler Murray side. I'm don't really care about Chris Thompson. Honestly, complete trash throw in. I'd be like, yeah, take him, whatever. What is he going to be? Maybe a Jalen Richard from last year. I think that's like his upside. He's not taking mm-hmm. much away from Fournette. Chris Thompson's only true upside would be if Fournette got punished by his team again and had to sit out mm-hmm. games or got hurt. Then possibly Chris Thompson's the guy. And even then, I don't think so. I think it would be Armstead. So I'm pretty uninterested in Chris Thompson. But the 206 to the 211 could be a big enough drop that the picks can almost even out for me. Marquise Hollywood Brown is probably about the value to me of Chris Carson and Justin Jackson. I think that's a somewhat reasonable comparison. I like Marquise Brown a decent amount and I don't want to lose that asset. So then the question is, do I want to move on from Kyler Murray for a Jared Goff and a Gardner Minshew. It's a definite close trade. It's a very interesting trade because there's so many moving pieces. But to me, I don't really want to lose my high-end assets in Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown. What do you think? I agree. I think for me, contextually, the one way I'd swing for the Jared Goff, Gardner Minshew side is if I really needed quarterbacks in the Superflex League. That's if true. I was consistently losing because I had one quarterback and then you're just trying to grab some random backup guy to plug in, I could see that being really frustrating and you can say, okay, like, let's get rid of Murray and let's actually have two startable quarterbacks. But with that said, I think Murray's going to be in the league and rushing for a long time. Whereas Gardner Minshew, his future is not certain in the NFL. 
Jared Goff, still a usable guy, is going to be good. He's not going to be Kyler Murray good for fantasy. So that's yeah. just the one way where, where it could sway me. I think that's a good point in that, you know, maybe a year ago, your quarterback situation was you had this rookie, Kyler Murray, you had Jameis Winston, and you had Andrew Luck. And now you're like, now you're like I, have one, I have one quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I need to pull a second one out of my ass. This is a pretty good yeah. way to do it. So that's fair. Because I do think the two sides are really close. So that potentially is very good reasoning in which it could be a good trade for potentially both sides. All right, check this trade out. Dalvin Cook, his backup Alexander Madison, and a 2020-204. Four. Lev Bell, Keenan Allen, Justice Hill, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, 2020-106, 2020-108, and 2020-209. For me... It's not close. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I love... Yeah, maybe I, I shouldn't love, have included this I love one. Cook. He's awesome. He's sweet, right? And getting the backup, that's awesome. The other side is just way, way, way overpowered in my opinion here. You already, you know, you're not going to be losing out a startable running back. You've got Lev Bell. Tosking in Keenan Allen, who's super exciting. Sweet. Justice Hill, nah, not that excited. J-Jot, doesn't matter. But getting two first-round picks automatically here and throwing in a second, it's got to take the Bell side here. I agree. I like it a lot. Our 21st trade on the dock is in a triple flex league, which means that you are in a two-quarterback league, not a super flex. You start two spots that are quarterbacks every week, and then you have a super flex. So you are starting two to three quarterbacks Quarterbacks every week. are extremely valuable. They are massively valuable, super important. Here's the trade. Matt Stafford, Brandon Ayuk, and Emmanuel Sanders for DJ Moore. Matt Stafford, Ayuk, and Sanders for me. I agree, and like we were saying, the importance of quarterbacks in this league. Matt Stafford is a super, super valuable asset. I love DJ Moore. I kind of like Emmanuel Sanders at value, and I'm interested in Brandon Ayuk. But overall, give me the quarterback. I assume who was ever on that side of the tray, the trade needed that quarterback. It's worth it for me. Three assets for one. Usually I'm going for the most valuable asset in the trade, but honestly, that could be Matt Stafford. I bet in the startup of this draft, DJ Moore and Matt Stafford would go at a similar level, Mm -hmm. and Brandon Ayuk and Emmanuel Sanders just push it over the top. Yep. This next trade, here we go. Dalvin Cook, Henry Ruggs, a 2021 second, and a 2022 first, for Saquon Barkley. I am taking Saquon Barkley. Mm-mm. Here's why. You may say Dalvin Cook and Henry Ruggs, 2021 second, 2022 first. That's amazing. They're going to combine for way more points than Barkley. My argument is Barkley is going to have such a good season this season. You will be able to get much more than that by the end of the season. It's a pretty good package, though. Totally. It's basically like Dalvin Cook to Saquon. It's a jump, but is it a massive, massive jump? Assuming that Dalvin Cook signs a contract, let's say he signs one today. I'm definitely leaning that side. There is some ambiguity with potentially him holding out. Yeah, I get that. But Dalvin Cook, who is in another, who is a slightly lower elite asset, and then Henry Ruggs, let's call him a late first, a 2022 first, and a 2021 second. I love Saquon. I don't want to move on from him, but the value is just there for me that I think I lean to trading Saquon for this package. The 23rd trade on our list is as follows. Josh Jacobs, Nikhil Harry, my favorite, Debo Samuel, four, DJ Moore, Darius Geis, and a 2021 early first. I'm taking the Moore, Geis, and early first. I am as well. I think that Josh Jacobs the most valuable piece in this trade, Mm -hmm. but the difference of him to DJ Moore, probably a late first startup to maybe a late second startup in ADP, that difference is made up for Darius Geis, who I definitely like more than, say, Nikhil Harry, and an early first, if you're confident that 
pick is going to be early in the round, then those picks have so much value. That's more than Debo Samuel. Even though Debo Samuel was my previous dynasty target, I definitely like him. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, it's the same rationale for me. Mm-hmm. Next straight up, we've got Dalvin Cook and Darius Slayton, a man who I'm in love with, for Chris Godwin and Amari Cooper. Oh my goodness. The stud running back and an up-and-coming bit more of a question mark for two solid, very Holy. good wide receivers. I actually lean towards the wide receivers. I was just making a case for how elite of an asset that Dalvin Cook is, and here I am flipping like a switch, and I'm going to go with Godwin and Amara Cooper. I am much less confident in Darius Slayton, and I just think those two assets are so valuable. They are going to be producing at a high level for a very long time, longer than the amount of time Dalvin Cook will probably be in the league. I really like Godwin and Cooper. I would say this is the single most difficult, or should I say most fair trade that I've seen on the dock from my perspective. And I think for the reason that Godwin and Cooper will have longer careers than Cook is the only reason why I will concede this Slayton battle for the Godwin-Cooper side. Fair enough. I'm actually really interested in this next one. It's Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, the Baltimore duo for Miles Sanders. I want Ingram and Dobbins here. The reason I want Ingram and Dobbins is I believe you're going to be able to figure out who's scoring you the most fantasy points, even in this upcoming year. I don't think there'll be a time where you're going, oh my goodness, who should I start? Who's actually going to get the touches? I think it would be made very clear. And I think that indecisiveness would only happen for a year, maybe two, and then J.K. Dobbins is going to take over, and he's going to dominate. Really like Miles Sanders as an athlete. He's going to be a guy who can get you touches and points right away, but I believe that Dobbins is going to be a better running back and better few in fantasy than Miles Sanders. And you just have to wait a little bit of time before that happens. And having Mark Ingram while you wait could be the perfect remedy. I love J.K. Dobbins. We have clearly been staunch supporters and defenders of him on this podcast. But here would be my question. Who is scoring you more points in this year? You've already answered this. Your pick of the Ravens' backfield or Miles Sanders for 2020? Miles Sanders. I think for sure. Or, you know, that's what... I think that's what everyone would agree on. Yeah, that's, that's a shock there. I think we are just too overconfident to say that J.K. Dobbins is going to produce higher than someone who is already being picked in the mid-first of startups. I really do love J.K. Dobbins, and if Mark Ingram is gone, I do think he's going to be an elite asset, but what's most likely is that he's right around Miles Sanders or worse. So the safe option is to not bet on the rookie and the aging asset, but to bet on what we are much more confident in right now. He's a stud. Miles Sanders has a ton of value. Honestly, I think he's a little overvalued right now, and I might flip him. But I think I could get more back than those two running backs for Miles Sanders. Looking immediately, I think it's better to have Miles Sanders. And looking three years down the line, it's more secure that Miles Sanders is a running back one than either of those two Ravens running backs. The next pick we have is Duke Johnson, a 2020-109 and a 2021 late first for Austin Eckler. Let's put a name to that 109 to make it a little bit easier. Let's say we haven't talked about him today. We'll say it is Jalen Rager. You've got Jalen Rager that's right around the range, Duke Johnson, and a first next year. Or Austin Eckler? I think this is another really close one for me. I don't think Austin Eckler is the long-term plan for the Los Angeles Chargers, which is what kind of scares me, but I think I'd still take him. I'd take Eckler here. It's interesting because I think if you just ask me straight up, like, oh, will you trade two firsts for Austin Eckler? I'm pretty hesitant to say yes to that, but this is two firsts and another player, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, I would take Austin Eckler. I think it might be because the first are spread out as well, because I'd rather have Eckler than Jalen Rager and Duke Johnson, let's say. 
And I, th I think by the time you get to the next year, you got to be able to have a plan. I think what's more of the case for me is that if that late first was an early first, or this 109 was the 103, then I would lean mm -hmm. the other way. I, I think a built-in part of a first round pick's value is that if it's early, you are getting an Austin Eckler. You're getting a stud running back. And the fact that we, based off the information we know, these are we, we know that these are both late, they're not early, then I can much more confidently say, okay, these picks are not going to have that explosion of upside. Give me the sure thing. Give me Austin Eckler. In a super flex league, <laughs> Toby's already reacting. We have AJ Brown for Daniel Jones and a 2021 first round pick. I think I'd take Daniel Jones in the first. Okay. I think it's extremely close for I me. I do think it's close. I too. love AJ Brown as a target. I love him as this wide receiver. Because it is super flex and because quarterbacks are so much more important, I'm going to take Daniel Jones, who's throwing to the fastest wide receiving core statistically in the NFL, and the fact that he is so youthful. He's going to be around for an extremely long time, continuing to get you points. Not saying that AJ Brown won't. But because Daniel Jones has that value, getting a 2021 first, I believe, could push you to the point where you get to A.J. Brown and past it. I think I lean towards A.J. Brown, but damn, this is a close yeah, it's, one. It's, it's tough. Uh, I will oppose and go with A.J. Brown, but it is close. I am just in love with the talent of A.J. Brown, and I think that Daniel Jones, although solid, is not too much of a difference maker, and I do think he has the risk that he may not be around for one if he has one or two bad seasons in front of him. Okay. We could be looking at him much more like a Mitchell Trubisky. Hmm. Because, hey, he was a pro bowler in his rookie season. You Fair never enough. know. The 28th trade on our list, we've got Aaron Rodgers and Travion Williams for Jared Goff and Jordan Howard. Give me Jared and Jordan. <laughs> Easy Give money. Give him to me. I... I remember looking a little bit more into the commenter on this one, and he said that he had been looking to move Aaron Rodgers. He thinks that now is a good time to sell before his value drops. And I think he did really well here because I would take Jared Goff right around Aaron Rodgers. I think they're pretty similar value. And give me Jordan Howard over Travion Williams. If you don't believe in Aaron Rodgers' talent moving forward, you think that Jordan Love is going to hurt him significantly, then yeah, absolutely. Go forward, Jared Goff. The 29th trade on our list is Will Fuller and a 2021 second for a couple of Toby's favorites, Denzel Mims and Van Jefferson. I love Will Fuller so much this year. He scares me and fills me with excitement. Here's why I'm not taking Will Fuller and the 2021 second. The reason why I like him so much is He's really good at football, both of you guys are. And he's in a pretty great situation in that there's wide receiver turnover, he has a good quarterback, and there's a chance he could be getting the ball way more, right? Denzel Mims and Van Jefferson are rookies coming into the league. I believe they're both capable of making the big plays that Will Fuller can, but they're way, way, way more healthy. And who is to say that they won't have a similar situation in their careers at some point in time? I'd rather bench on Mims and Jefferson than Fuller in the 2021 second. Easily me too. I think I'm I think the two sides are more distant for me than they are for you. I will take the two rookies. Done. Next trade is another beefy one. Darren Waller, Golden Tate, Nicole Hardman, and Tom Brady for Zach Ertz, Jarvis Landry, T. Higgins, and a 2022 third. I fall pretty strongly on one side here me too give me zacherts yeah Landry. I yeah i don't think it's actually that close i think you're upgrading at pretty much every position i would take landry over golden tate i would take Ertz over waller higgins versus Michael hardman is pretty close and assuming this isn't super flex a 2022 third is about the value i would put on tom brady so yeah give me the second half of that trade easily i would say brady is more value than that but first Single quarterback leagues, the quarterback 20 is irrelevant. 
I don't care about Tom Brady. He's 44 or something. <laughs> and yes, I get that he's the GOAT. I'm talking fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Next pickup, we've got Evan Ingram and Teddy B. Teddy Bridgewater, that is. For Tyler Boyd and Tom Brady. I'm going Evan Ingram. Well, you know, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would do this trade for Evan Ingram alone. I really would. It's tough a little bit with Tyler Boyd for me. I think it kind of depends on where you value certain positions. If you really need the tight end, I definitely do think it's a quarterback upgrade to go from Brady to Bridgewater. But comparing Tyler Boyd to Evan Ingram is pretty close to me. They're probably around a similar age, and it's more of a positional need. I actually think this is a pretty close trade, but with the quarterback upgrade, I lean the same way you do. DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Dillon are one side of our next trade, and they are being traded for Kenny Galladay and Nikhil Harry. I personally would take DeAndre Hopkins over Kenny Galladay, although not by that much, to be fair. And I would also take A.J. Dillon over Nikhil Harry. So for me, I am definitely taking the Hopkins and Dillon side of this one. I am too. It's for very similar reasons. Hopkins has the edge slightly over Galladay. Dylan has the edge slightly over Nikhil Harry. I do think that, it is. Yeah, I do think that those two assets are very similar, but I'm happy to take Dylan. Okay, oh, oh this next trade, here we go. This is a fairly big one. We've got Miko Hardman, Gus Edwards, Malcolm Brown, the 2022.04, and a 2022 third round pick. For James Conner and Benny Snell, his obvious back. <laughs> <laughs> well, my goodness, this is really tough. Yeah, so you're just trading a bunch of smaller assets and trying to secure the Steelers' backfield. I do agree with you that if I'm trying to secure the Steelers' backfield, I want McFarland as well. I'm not super confident having Conner and Snell. This could be a lot of assets to give up for not that much return. But Gus Edwards has very little value to me. Malcolm Brown is just someone that I like to take a late shot on, and the 2022 third doesn't have that much value. So the main pieces I'm looking at is Hardman and a second for Connor and Snell with obviously some value added. I think I lean towards the whole package because I'm not very comfortable moving Hardman. This again, That's the guy who freaks me out to leave as well. Yeah, this again could be the type of trade that I'm like, I need to win now. It's the trade deadline. Let's pick up James Conner. Not the type of trade I'm doing in the yeah. offseason. Not to be stubborn about it, but if I don't have McFarland on my team, I wouldn't want the Conner snap. Because I get if you want to completely secure the backfield and be like, I am locked and loaded for years to come. These are the guys. I do not feel that way if you only had Connor and Snell. We know how injury-prone Connor is. We know his life's, lifespan in the league is a running back. I just wouldn't be able to do it without that third piece. The next trade is from a super flex league. We are looking at Derek Carr and Michael Gallup and two 2021 firsts for Carson Wentz, Adam Thielen, and two 2021 seconds. I am smashing the car Gallup and two firsts. Interesting, because I don't think it's that easy. Gallup to Thielen. Monster jump for me. In which direction? For Thielen. I, I, for me, I think Gallup, still a super usable guy. Okay, I think CD Lamb going in is really going to hurt his stock. But Adam Thielen, I think, is going to have a fantastic year this year. And wide receivers can kick it around for a I agree. Long time. So... I also think that the jump from Carr to Wentz is a huge, huge. That's the biggest jump. Wentz is so much more valuable than Carr in a super flex league. But the question is, do those two jumps outdo the firsts to seconds? And I guess for it's me, tough. they don't. Yeah, to me, it's close. I think this is a very good trade. And this is the type of trade that if I was rebuilding, give me Gallup in the first. Totally. But I'm not as confident as you are. And if I'm trying to win, I think it's a pretty smart trade. Those firsts are going to be late. Adam Thielen is going to help you win this year. Carson Wentz is a much better asset than Derek Carr. I'm very okay with the other side of it. 
in a much more win-now scenario. Next up, we've got Odell Beckham Jr. and a 2021 second for Julio Jones. I'm taking Odell straight up, so I'm taking Odell in a second. It's that simple. I agree. Julio Jones, I believe, is going to absolutely pop off this year. But OBJ, as we were talking about last week, he has that potential to be a wide receiver one in the league still. Throwing in a second rounder, I want him. This next trade is in a single quarterback league. You've got Deshaun Watson, Christian Kirk, and a 2020 2.07 for the 2020 1.02. So you pick one of those two stud running backs. You've obviously got CEH or Dobbins. CEH or Jonathan Taylor. You're getting one of those two, whichever one falls to you, and you're giving up a solid high-end quarterback, a decent wide receiver, and the 207. To me, I think it's worth it. It's all about those stud running backs, yeah. this single quarterback league. I'm going to take whichever one falls to me, whether it's CEH or Jonathan Taylor. I'm happy with that return. I'm in agreement. This next one, a little quarterback heavy here. Josh Allen and Ben Roethlisberger for the 2020-106 and Philip Rivers. Again, we haven't seen that this is super flex, so we're going to assume it's single quarterback league. All of those quarterback options are devalued, and the most valuable piece in this trade is the 106. Mm -hmm. You've got CeeDee Lamb and the five running backs that make up that top six picks. So either way, I really like those assets. To be honest, it probably depends if I can make it out with my other quarterbacks because if I'm losing Josh Allen and I'm losing Big Ben, I don't want Philip Rivers to be my only starter. Yeah. If he becomes my backup, I'm happy with it. I like this type of trade, but if I do not have another quarterback, I think I would probably try to take Big Ben and Philip Rivers out of this trade and instead add value in another way to at least keep Big Ben as my starter, because I'm much more comfortable with him than Philip Rivers as my one quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Our third final trade is J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers for Miles Sanders, CeeDee Lamb, and Antonio Gibson. Give me the three here. I agree. I think we just had a conversation about this. I would value Dobbins over Sanders just slightly, and maybe that makes me crazy, but... C.D. Lamb for me, I value slightly over Akers, and then tossing in Antonio Gibson, who the moment Geis is injured is going to be there, and Geis will get injured at some point in time, Gibson will be on the field, he pushes it over the edge for me. Plus, you're locked and loaded starting with Miles Sanders. Yeah, and I'm happy with, with And with Lamb. That's just so much more immediate value. Our penultimate trade is in a super flex league. We've got Odell Beckham Jr. and Drew Locke for Nick Chubb. OBJ and Locke for me. I agree. I think Odell Beckham and Nick Chubb are probably not that far apart in startup value. And Drew Locke in a super flex league, he has a lot of upside. I think I'm going to take the quarterback. If I can afford to lose the running back in this situation, I'm pretty happy to grab those other two assets. Our final trade in the Deep Dive Dynasty podcast episode is Chris Godwin for Devin DuVernay, two 2021 firsts and 2022 first. Is that enough to acquire Godwin? It is for me. I will take three firsts and a late round shot over the stud wide receiver. I believe with those three shots, you can get someone that is equal or more valuable than Chris Godwin is. I will take the three firsts. It really is close for me. And I understand the excitement and hype that you have Godwin in the slot playing potentially an Edelman-like role for Brady, but those two 2022 firsts and the upcoming first, you you will be returning value with that. So yeah, that would be enough to get Godwin for me as well. With that, that is 40 trades that we have gone through. Thank you all for sending your trades in. You can always send other trades that you have completed or that you're curious about tweet at us at deep dive dynasty and we are happy to answer any questions you may have but before we close it out we are going to play our favorite game it is guess that dynasty target this week toby's going to give me a series of hints from one to five progressively getting 
more and more helpful, and it is my job to name whichever dynasty asset he thinks is worth targeting. Get ready. I'm a running back, and I ran for over 1,000 all-purpose yards and seven touchdowns last year. I feel like I'm more reading the man than the clue, and I feel like I have an idea of who this could be. I think it would be really funny to pick someone that ran a thousand yards and nobody wants, like Carlos Hyde, but I don't think that's who it is. My actual guess, because I believe he barely eclipsed a thousand yards, is I am going to guess Ronald Jones. It's a good guess, but it is not Ronald Jones. I actually don't know if he got over the 1,000 yards. I think he I did. Heard, I heard that on a podcast this week, okay. but I have not like sourced okay. it myself. That could be someone else rambling. Second hint. My current ADP for PPR is the running back 27, meaning that you could draft me after people such as David Johnson, DeAndre Swift, even though my team faces the fifth easiest rushing schedule in this upcoming year. That's just a fun little tidbit thrown in. But I, my current ADP is running back 27. Okay, I'm going through people that I know you like and, of course, are in that range. I'm also trying to remember who are some of the people we have already talked about. I cannot remember if we have discussed David Montgomery, for example, in one of these dynasty targets. I do not believe James Conner clips that number because he was hurt and another guy that came to mind was Todd Gurley but he had more than seven rushing touchdowns I'm pretty confident that that is true I know he rushed for a ton of touchdowns one of my earlier thoughts was Nick Chubb but he definitely is not the RB 27 I'm very unsure both in the fact that I don't know if this player did actually eclipse a thousand yards and I'm also not 100% sure if you may have already brought him up in this segment. I can't believe my memory is that bad, but I know this is a player that you like targeting at value, and so my guess is going to be David Montgomery. It is David Montgomery, absolutely. I've not brought him up before, and even if I had, I'd bring him up again. <laughs> because David Montgomery at running back 27 is nuts. Again, you can, like, DeAndre Swift, David Johnson... DeAndre Swift is completely unproven and is currently behind Carrion Johnson. David Johnson, my goodness, if you want to take that shot, go for it. Or you can take a guy who's only 23 years old, second year in the league. No, he didn't have the year that everyone wanted, but that's why his ADP is so low. The only rushing threat that the Bears brought in is Darnell Mooney. And he is not a threat to what David Montgomery is going to do with the football whatsoever. He's extremely young. He is really the only running back there that's the ground-and-pound type guy. Tariq Cohen is not going to be in the league forever, and he's just such a great guy to target right now. I cannot believe he's still the RB27. That is a steal, and I think he's going to pop off, and he's a guy who you'll want to buy right now. I would be curious to look at the entire list of ADP that's in front of him. Obviously, we have been doing that, and it's funny that it slipped my mind now, but I think he is a decent target but I think I'm more understanding of his placement than you are because he lacks the upside that so many of the guys ahead of him, you know, those Cam Akers, those DeAndre Swifts, these are the types of guys that could easily be a top 10 running back. We can see those paths. Whereas with David Montgomery, I think he's probably going to be a running back too this year, and he'll be in that range. He'll be fine. He'll probably be like the running back 20 to 25. That'd be my genuine guess. And that's not bad. He's young. I don't expect his competition to change that much. So I do like the situation he's in. But I think the reason why his ADP is suppressed is because he does not hold as much of that explosive upside. That being said, he probably is slightly undervalued. You're right in that if he does perform at running back 20, his value is going to go up. He still go is up. quite young. He's so elusive. <laughs> this, like, just the eye test of this guy. I think, I think he's going to prove some haters wrong in this upcoming season. Yeah, that's definitely possible. I don't mind him as a dynasty target. I think it is a good choice, and I'm happy that I guessed it in only two. Yeah, clicks. two's pretty nuts. Pretty solid. I'll take it. We only have a single time 
where someone's guessed it on one, and that was you. I'll test you again next week after we do an episode with a head-to-head <sighs> Dynasty mock draft. Let's go. That's all for us this week. Again, I am your host, Colin, here with my buddy, Toby. Peace out. And thanks for listening. See you guys next week.